Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. We're here today. It is Easter Sunday, and we're here today, and we are celebrating the fact that Jesus came, and He died, and He rose again. But I haven't simply come here today to appeal to your intellect today. I haven't come to here to reason with you. Because the Bible says to the carnal mind, the things of the Spirit are foolish. And when you think about it from an intellectual standpoint, I can't explain to you all the ins and outs of how a man's death 2,000 years ago can affect you and I today. I, I can't tell you scientifically how someone can come to an altar and lift up their hands and cry out to a God that they've never seen. A God that they don't really understand. But that God who is in this place today can reach down out of heaven, cross the bridge of eternity, and reach down in your life right here, right now, and touch you. I can't explain that. I can't give you a scientific explanation. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in his epistles. He said, I don't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I come to you in the demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost. If you're here today to listen to a Christian apologetics, you're not going to get them from me today. I'm not going to try to explain to you and try to convince you that the cross is real. The fact of the matter is, I may not be able to tell it to you scientifically, but allow me to give it to you experientially because the fact is I once was lost and now I'm found I once was blind but now I see there may not be anything scientific about that there may not be anything that can dot dot every I and cross every T of your questionnaire today. But the fact of the matter is, I know deep down in my heart that Jesus touched me. Jesus healed me. And if it wasn't for the cross, if it wasn't for the cross, where would I be today. Where were you and I be today? We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a man who came down to earth, a God that robed himself in flesh and shed his blood for you and me. I can't explain all that to you. I can tell you the what, but I can't tell you all the how and the why. I can't explain to you perfectly Enough. I don't have enough vocabulary. I don't have a descriptive enough tongue to explain to you how and why that's able to happen. Because you see, many people have died. Many people have come. In fact, did Jesus die a horrible death? Absolutely. But he's not the only person in history to ever die a horrible death. So how can this one man sacrifice reach out so far into eternity. I can't give you a scientific explanation for that today. I can't tell you exactly how that all happens, but I know experientially 
And there's enough people in this room today that could testify experientially. We may not be able to tell you all about it from the A to the Z, but what we do know is that I was lost, but thank God Jesus found me. I can't tell you scientifically how a tank full of water that comes out of a hose that runs through a pipe that comes out of a treatment center about a mile from here that we don't go to the treatment center and pray over it. We don't sneak in there at night and anoint it. It's just water that flows through pipes, down roads, across Ritchie Highway, up through the parking lot, into the into the into all the pipes in this building, and we get a little garden green hose and we fill up a tank. I don't understand all the way scientifically how a tank of water can put somebody in it and just simply say, I baptize you in the name of Jesus. I don't understand scientifically how just saying I baptize you in the name of Jesus and taking somebody and putting them under the water and when they come back up, all of a sudden, something down inside of them that was dead has come alive. All the shame, all the guilt, all the sin, all the stains of life are washed away. If you told me that and I'd never seen that, I may question it today. If I'd never experienced that before and you told me that was possible, my mind would say, that's crazy. My mind would argue with you. Intellectually, I'd say, there's no way. I've been swimming enough. I didn't feel any different when I came out of the pool. I've been to the ocean. I didn't feel any different. The most traumatic, the most life-changing experience I've ever had in water was one time I was in Mississippi and I fell off, was trying to get off a jet ski, and didn't understand the properties of water, that if you push, water doesn't push back. And I was trying to get off the jet ski onto the dock, and I just pushed a little too hard on the jet ski, and I went in the water. The fact of the matter is, it wasn't just normal water. It was alligator-infested water. And there are two people that we know of have walked on water, but I was number two and a half. I didn't quite get to the surface, but I'm telling you what, the anointing of God came over me in that moment. And I got out of that water. That was a life-changing experience, but I, it didn't really do anything for me other than make me not want to get back in the water. But I know I watched it. I've experienced it. You may argue with me intellectually today. I may not be able to convince you from an intellectual standpoint today. But the problem is I've watched it experientially. I've had my hands on somebody who came in broken, beaten, busted, disgusted. I've looked at them and said, I in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, according to your faith, I baptize you in the name of Jesus. And I put that person down in the water. And when I brought them up, I've watched their face I've watched their eyes open up and they look at me and say what in the world is in that water because when I got in I felt one way but when I'm getting out I feel something totally different has got a hold of me can I tell you 
how that happens? It happens because the Bible says that he came. He lived. He died. But he rose again. So I can tell you the fact, according to the word of God, that when we are baptized, it says we are baptized in Christ. So when you say in the name of Jesus, you're not just repeating a religious rhetoric. You're not just going over some magical phrase. But when you speak in the name of Jesus, the blood that was shed 2,000 years ago for you and I reaches out into eternity and in that water when you're baptized and you're buried with Christ when you came up come up old things are passed away and all things are made new when we were kids you used to play outside you'd play a game it was your time to get up the bat and you'd be there and the pitcher would pitch and you'd swing, and you'd miss, strike one. And then you'd get up again, and you swing, miss, strike two. And you get up again, and you swing, and you miss, strike three. Every once in a while, you'd say, no, 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 no. I call a do-over. I'm on a do-over. And a do-over simply says, you know what? I messed up. I want another shot at this. And we play that, and you know you play games. And when you're growing up, you say, I, 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 I want a do-over. Give me a do-over. I, I need a do-over. And if you would argue with your friends, no, no, we're not doing that. No, I want a do-over. And eventually, whoever was the best arguer would win. And you get a do-over. The fact of the matter is, that works great when you're growing up and you're playing adolescent games. But the fact of the matter is, there are no do-overs in life. Except, <laughs> there is. Because when Jesus Christ came to the cross, I know this wasn't one of the seven sayings on the cross, okay? So please allow me for a moment to step out of the theological realm and just talk to you face to face, or I can't see your face, my face to your darkness. But Jesus on that cross had seven sayings. He didn't say this, but in the spirit world, one of the sayings he was saying was, I call a do-over. Whatever you've done up to this point, whatever you do, and you can't go back and change it, I am going to call a do-over. Because I've always thought it'd be fascinating, fascinating to be able to get into a time machine. If they ever have that, I'm, I'm going. And the problem is, there's so many things I'd like to go back and see that I don't know where I would begin if I had to choose one thing. But if they allowed me to go back and change things that I had done in my life, I would hop on that real quick. Because there's some things that I've done in my life, boy, if I could go back and change them, I'd do it right now. If there's some decisions I could have made differently, if there's some thoughts I could have done, if there's some actions that would have changed, I would do it in a heartbeat. But the fact of the matter is, you and I, because we're temporal, we can only dwell with what's now. We can only deal with the here and the now. Because the problem is, now is now. In two seconds from now, now won't be now, it'll be yes, it'll be past. So the only thing I can deal with is the now of the now. Because one, two, three. Now it's now, three seconds ago, the now is past. 
But Jesus, Jehovah, the creator, the almighty God, doesn't dwell in the confines of time. Because for him, now is now, yesterday is now, and today and tomorrow are still now. So he is now where we are. He's now in my yesterday. He's now in my last month. He's now in my last year. And he's still now on the cross. Ha <laughs> ha. Because you see, nothing is greater than God. Even time is not greater than God. Because if time was greater than God, then time would be God and God would be subject to time. We get a little deep real quick. We'll, back, we'll come back out in a minute. Hold your breath. So nothing is greater than God, not even time. So for us, we're bound by the now. I can't go back and change how we started this service. I, I can't go into the future and go ahead and start tasting that ham and that fixings and the halamohoraba. Watch out now. I can't do it. I can sense it. I can think about it. But I can't do that. I can only deal with right now. But because God is infinite, he's not bound by the now. So you and I can't go back and change anything of yesterday. But he, because he's infinite, is able to go back into whatever you've done in your life and reach back into your past. Reach back into your yesterday. And his blood doesn't just affect us now, but his blood time travels. It travels through the annals of time. It travels back into our past and finds every nook, every cranny, every hidden thing, every action, every thought, every deed, every up, every down. And his blood flows like a river from our now back into our past. Huh. That's the blood. We celebrate that today. And we're here today because of all of that. But the real fact today is this. We focus a lot, and this is rightfully so. I'm not saying this negatively. We focus a lot on Calvary. We focus a lot on the fact that he was buried in a tomb. We focus the fact that three days later, Peter and John came to the tomb to see if the news was correct. And when they arrived, they found a pile of grave clothes because he had risen. We can talk about that. That's awesome. It's amazing. And we've just preached about it a little bit. And I could spend all day, every day, and never really even get to the full depths of all that transpired in that event. So many things that reached out in so many different directions. The fact that the Bible says that when he was in the grave, he didn't just lay there and take a nap, but the Bible says he went down into hell and took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And, and we can go into all that, and we can even get into the point where the Bible says that, it, that, that, that Satan, if he'd have known what he was doing, he would not have crucified Jesus. We could talk about that, and that's awesome stuff. 
But I want to take you back a minute, rewind the tape. I want to take you back before the day of Pentecost. I want to take you back before the 40 days of His resurrection. I, I want to take you back before Thomas touched his hand. I, I want to take you back before that resurrection morning. I, I want to take you back before those three days in the tomb. I, I want to take you back before they carried his body off the cross. I, I want to take you farther back than that. I want to take you past the cross. The sayings of the cross. The imagery and the power of the cross. I don't want to go all the way back to before he carried that cross. To an event that took place during the passion of Christ. That for a lot of us, we may not totally understand the full significance of it. Because it gets lost in all of the brutality of the moment. The fact that everything he went through, culminating with the, the capstone of Calvary. There's some things that took place that were so significant, but they get lost in the moment. And Isaiah... The prophet Isaiah, get that scripture if you, you still have it. Isaiah 53 is prophesying of the coming servant to Israel. He says, he had despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did not esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But watch this. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Everybody say, that's me. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And this last statement, and with his stripes, we are healed. And with his stripes, we are healed. The very fact of the matter today is, yes, do I believe that Jesus saves? Absolutely. Do I believe that he came and died on a cross for you and I? Absolutely. Do I believe that he was resurrected on the third day? Absolutely. Do I believe that he ascended into heaven? Absolutely. Do I believe he told his disciples to go in Jeru to Jerusalem and pray? Yes. Do I believe that those disciples had the Spirit of God fall upon them? Yes. But there was something that happened during the passion of Christ that affects you and I today just like all the other stuff. Because the very fact that here today is there are people in this place that are broken. There are people in this place that have wounds. There are people in this place that you've got stuff on the inside you don't know what to do with. No doctor can help you. No therapist can help you. No medication can help you. No outside influence can help you. And you've got all this broken stuff inside of you. You've got wounds. You've got hurt. You've got 
all of this inside that you don't know what to do with. And I can tell you today that Jesus loves you and it's the absolute truth. I can tell you today that he died for you and it's absolutely the truth. I can tell you today that he was resurrected and can abide in you and it's the truth. But let me go farther today and tell you that he is able, just like the blood we preached about in the beginning, that's able to reach down in through eternity and set you free of your sin. That same blood is able to reach into your heart today and get down into the broken pieces and begin to pick up the shattered dreams, begin to pick up the broken heart, to begin to to bring up the hurt and the abused and the misused and the rejected and the abandoned. And he can pick all that up today and not simply collect it in a bag and say, well, that's nice. But he can pick all that up today and begin to make you whole. Whole. He can make you whole. Because the Bible says, by His stripes, we are healed. By His stripes, we are healed. Do I believe God can heal a headache? Absolutely. Do I believe God can heal a broken bone? Yes. Do I believe God can heal ligaments and everything else? Yes. Do I believe God can heal from cancer? Yes. All that I believe. But the fact of the matter is you can go to heaven with a headache. You can go to heaven with a broken finger. You can go to heaven with cancer. You can go to heaven with a lot of physical ailments. But if your heart is broken, if your dreams are shattered, sometimes it's hard to get off the mat when you've been beaten down so many times. But he said, when you couldn't get off the mat yourself, I'm going to let myself be beaten. One stripe, two stripes, three stripes, 39 times I'm going to let myself be beaten. And every time I'm beaten, I'm going to say, you're healed. Get up off the mat, you're healed. Get up off the mat, you're healed. And if you would let me, I'll reach throughout eternity, not only forgive you, not only set you free, but I'll find the broken pieces of your life and I'll mend it back together again. Again, I can't explain that to you scientifically. I can't tell you how that happened scientifically. Years ago, I was preaching in a church to the West. And we were talking about this similar thing. And... uh I was talking about God's ability to heal, God's ability to touch your heart. And there was a, a, a guy that was sitting down front. In fact, there was a, a Brother Sean Whaley who was here today. He was with me. He can verify the story. This guy, when I say he was a, a man, that's putting it lightly. He was a man with a capital M. Big Samoan guy that, I mean, just big, strong guy that you would when you picture a big Samoan that's who you would picture this guy was just massive and as I began to talk and I said me talk the Lord was speaking he got more and more agitated and almost towards the end he gets up and he goes out and he's mad and I'm thinking because I don't know him he's mad at me and I'm thinking where's the quickest route out of this building because if I go that way he's waiting for me And I don't think I could take him. I can outrun him, but that's probably about it. 
And he's back there, and we finally, towards the end, God is moving, people are being healed, touched, and he goes back there, and he's shaking. Brother Whaley was back there with him, and he's just, he's just overwhelmed, and we begin to pray with him. We begin to speak, God, heal them. Speak healing, I speak healing. Let the blood of Jesus heal. Let the blood, again, we're not talking about intellectual, we're talking about spiritual, right? To your mind, this seems foolish, but to the spirit, all things are possible. And we begin to speak, God heal, God heal. Finally, this overwhelming sense of the presence of God hit him. And I stopped him for a moment, and I didn't even know what I was doing. It was that blind squirrel finding a nut type thing. I was just trying my best to follow what God was saying. And I stopped him and said, listen, God is healing you today. And I said to him, I pointed out there, and there was a graveyard that was outside of a window. And I pointed to this graveyard and said, listen, God is burying your past and all your hurt forever in that graveyard. When I said that, it was like I punched him and he just belted over. Oh! And then I was immediately going back to, oh, great, he's mad at me again. He's going... I didn't think anything of it. We prayed awesome. We went on to other things. He didn't chase me. I thought everything's okay. When it was all said and done, the pastor came up to me and said, you know what happened? I said, no. All I know is I thought I was going to see Jesus today. He said, no, no, you don't understand what happened. He said, the, we, were having a, we were having a service in this community center. And he said, you don't understand. He grew up, now he's probably in his late 30s, I would guess, mid-late 30s at the time, somewhere around there. Give or take a decade. And so he's, he's, he said, he grew up in this neighborhood. And he said he had an uncle that he would come and he would visit and he would abuse him in this neighborhood. And he said, what you didn't know when you pointed out to that graveyard and the Lord said to him that his past is forever buried in that graveyard, what you didn't know was his uncle is buried in that graveyard. I didn't know that. I didn't run out there during service and look through the gravestones and say, okay, last name this. What's your last name? Okay, well, are you related? No, I didn't know that. Again, scientifically, I didn't get it. But experientially, the stripes of a Savior reached out and touched a man 2,000 years ago and mended and healed what you could not heal and mend with a thousand different options. But Jesus did it like that because Isaiah said, by his stripes, we are healed. But I wonder today if we could, if you and I for a moment could go back to that moment. If you and I could be in that moment and watch that happen and smell the scent in the air and witness that. But as we watch that, knowing what we know now, we wouldn't watch it based off of an event of a man being punished for a crime he didn't commit. But we would watch it from a whole different perspective because we would understand that every stripe had my name on it. Every whip, every cry had my name on it because by his stripes, I am healed.
It's hard to even think about that without knowing. He did it for me. If all of you weren't here today, and all of you were left, and I was the only one here, he still would have done it for me. That he would have done it for me and went through all of that so that I could be healed. Not just for everybody, but for me. See, sometimes we, 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 we fracture the sacrifice because we make it about everybody. Yes, was it for the whole world? Yes, John 3.16, for God loved the whole world. But the very fact of the matter is, it wasn't a fractured sacrifice. It was a personal f- sacrifice. Because the fact of the matter is that when he was going through the agony, because he was God robed in flesh, he had you on his mind. He saw your wounds He saw your hurt. He saw the broken places. And he was able to go through that. The Bible says that he withstood all of that for the joy that was set before him. What joy? Many, many different joys. But one of the joys was the fact that he could come into this place. Arnold, Maryland, 2015, April the 5th, and touch hearts and lives in this room today that would let him. And when he knew that was before him, the Bible says he endured all of it for the joy set before. To make it personal for you and for me. Not for all of us in this room, but it's a personal sacrifice. A you sacrifice. When you see the cross from now on, don't see a Savior on a tree dying for the world. See a Savior on a tree dying for you. When you ever see that or think about the stripes of, 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 of what happened, don't think He did that for the world. No, He did it for you. So that you could be made whole. So that you could be set free. So that you today could come to this place. Not just a church, but a place where His Spirit is and He could touch you. He could heal you. He could set you free to know that he did that for me i didn't deserve it i've done so many things that disqualify me from ever being able to accept such an amazing offer of healing but yet he still did it for me and the only thing i've got to do is let him do it the only thing i've got to do is let him have it there was a a method that they used to do to repair pottery in the ancient world. If pottery was broken and they wanted to save the vessel, there was a way that they could do it. But the fact of the matter is they found that if they took clay and put it back on the, on the pottery, that when they baked it, that clay wouldn't be strong enough and it would crack in the same place. So I don't know who it was that discovered this fact, but they discovered the fact if they found a tick-like bug called a fasuka that was on bulls and goats and things like that, and they would take this, this bug when it was filled with blood, and they'd put it in a bowl, and they would mash it together, and they'd create, get the blood out of these bugs. And they would take 
the clay, the, the dried clay powder, and they mix it together inside of this bowl and create like a blood paste. And they would take this blood and they would put it on the vessel. And the, the, the properties of the blood could get down in the crack. And when it got down in the crack and they would take it and they would bake it, the blood would cover the broken cracks. And the blood would make the vessel whole again. And when they took it out of the fire and they painted it, you could never ever know that it was ever fractured again. So to know that you and I, as the blood of a Savior, fell down at the pool of, a, of, of the mud that was below Him, as that blood began to mix with the creative power that you and I are made of, because the Bible says we come from the dust of the earth. So to know that the blood of a Savior mixed with the creative power of the dust of the earth at the bottom of that whipping post there was something supernatural taking place because in that moment as the blood mixed with the dust something was happening supernaturally that would be able to reach out into eternity and the cracks of our lives the blood would begin to touch our crack and not just over cover them up not just simply make them go away but literally make them brand new And that same blood is here today. That blood, if you would have let it today, it will heal you. It will set you free. It will touch you today. When you leave here today, you may leave here with questions, but you'll leave here with an experience that you will never forget because you'll know that the blood of Jesus has set me free. To know that you can be healed. That you can be healed today. You, not just everybody, but you can be healed. You can be healed. Huh? You want to be healed today? Be, then go be healed. Go be healed. Go be healed today. Let God heal you today. Let God reach down in this place and heal you today. Let Him heal you today. I want that. You want what? I want. Go, go be healed. Let, be healed. There's, a, there's something moving in this place today. There's a reality of something that's happening in this place today that's able to reach out into this place. What say? Your family? Your family's broken? then let your family be healed today. It, maybe it's not just for an individual. Maybe it's a family today that your family's fractured, your family's broken, your marriage is broken, your home is shattered. There is a God in this place today that is able to reach down in here today and begin to touch you today. You know what? You may not be physically able to go and touch him today. You may not be physically able to reach out and touch him today. But let me tell you this. Yes, he may not be physically in this place, but his spirit, his love, and his power is here today. And if you would begin to reach out to the God that's in this place, to the, to the Savior that's here, 
He can touch you. Can I get the lights? Come up, please. I know this is a holiday. I know for most of you, you came to put your time in and go. You're not trying to make any kind of big commitment. But let me tell you this today. There is an opportunity that is here today that you may never get again. In the name of Jesus, I loose the power and the manifestation of God to be in this place right now. I loose it in the name of Jesus. I loose it right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to every broken heart. I speak to every wounded spirit. I speak now in the name of Jesus. I speak wholeness. I speak wholeness in the name of Jesus. Why don't you reach over next to somebody that's near you? You may not be able to touch Jesus physically, but you can touch him today. Why don't you reach over next to somebody and say, let's pray together. God is moving in this place today. Come on, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, every hurt in this place today. Every wound in this place today, God. I speak healing. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. 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 I want you to stand with me today. Here's what I simply want you to do, if you will, participate with me. God can't take anything from you you're not willing to give. The fact is, He won't reach down in this place, grab a hold of you, shake you. He doesn't do that. But He said, if you would give me your ashes, I'll give you beauty. If you would give me your mourning, I'll give you joy. If you give me your heaviness, I'll give you a garment of praise that will lift you up. So to know that if I want Him to give something to me, I've got to first offer something up to Him. But the fact of the matter is, what do I have to give the Creator? What do I have of any value to give to the Creator? He says, I'm not asking for something of perfection. I'm asking you to give me what you got. If you would give me what you got, it, whatever it is, if it's a pile of ashes, don't worry about it. I'll give you beauty. He said, if you give me a bunch of broken pieces, don't worry about it. I'll give you back wholeness. If all you've got to do is give me is grief and mourning and sorrow and depression and fear and bondage don't worry about it give it to me I'll give you back joy and peace and freedom and deliverance so you may say today listen I don't really have anything to give and you know what you may be right on one sense there's nothing of great value you think but he says if you would give me something I'll give you back something greater than you can imagine 
So I want to do this today. We're going to sing this again and we're going to pray. All I want you to do all across this place is simply as an act of faith. Because the Bible says, faith without works is dead. Meaning we say it this way. Actions speak louder than words. So if anything that has been said today, you say, you know what, I agree with that. It's one thing to say you agree with it, but it's another thing to act upon it, right? So we're going to act upon it. In just a moment, we're going to pray and they're going to sing. All I want you to do is just, in your own comfortable way, just take your hands and lift them up to heaven. And as you lift them up to heaven, I want you in your mind to think this, Lord, I'm giving you what I've got. I don't have much to give. I'm giving you some broken pieces. I'm giving you some broken dreams. I'm giving you some hurt. I'm giving you pain because that's all I've got. But as you give it to him, I want you just to let him come down and give you love and give you peace. Can we do that right now? If you're comfortable doing that, just lift your hands and say, God, here it is. Father, now in the name of Jesus, by the power of the word and by the authority of the name, I speak in the name of Jesus. Let your healing power flow in this place right now. Let your anointing move. Let it be made manifest. I speak healing right now. I speak deliverance right now. I speak manifestation, restoration in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Let it be so. Let it be so. Let it be so. Come on, that's it. Just open up your heart for a minute. Begin to call on Him. Begin to call on Him. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, set me free. Oh, in the name of Jesus. 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 Oh, help us today. Help us today, Jesus. Help us today, Jesus. Help us today, Oh, how to put you back together again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him the fragments of your own. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. 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 Oh,
Jesus, you see every heart in this place. You see where we've come from. More importantly, Lord, you see where we're going. And Lord, there may be things that we don't understand. There may be questions that we don't have answers to. But God, one thing that I'm assured of today is the reality of who you are. The reality of your sacrifice. The reality of your power. And God, I pray today, every heart, every life that has been in this place today, every heart, every life that has watched us today, wherever they've been, whether it's in their car or in their home, Lord, I pray, God, that they would know and understand and believe in the power of your healing touch. The power of your blood that truly with your stripes we are healed. I loose that in this place today, God. As we leave here today and we carry that with us, don't let us forget that, God. That when we become overwhelmed with life, overwhelmed with the problems and difficulties of today, to know that your blood can sustain us. Your blood can keep us. Your blood can carry us. We thank you for that today. We thank you for that. Can we just do one more time? Can you just thank the Lord all over this place? Can you do that? Oh, can we just do that one more time? He is worthy. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I just want to say this morning, thank you all for taking time today to come and to fellowship with us, to worship with us on this wonderful and beautiful Easter Sunday morning. We pray sincerely that you are blessed and touched today and that when you leave here today, you don't just leave here after participating with another religious activity, but you leave here today with the understanding that Jesus is alive and His blood is true. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Don't forget, for the members here of Antioch, there's no service tonight. You have plenty of time to spend with family and friends today. I pray you have a wonderful and safe and glorious holiday. Spend a moment, shake somebody's hand before you head out. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great and wonderful day. Don't forget next week again, Friends and Family Day. Please come back and be with us again next week for our Friends and Family Day. God bless you.